Welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin's virtual worship service for March 29, 2020. We are a spiritual community dedicated to a free and responsible search for truth, meaning, and beauty. I'm Chris Jimerson, Minister for Program Development at the Church. As you have probably already noticed, I'm coming to you from my home rather than from our church sanctuary. Your church ministers and staff have made the decision that to comply with recent county and city orders, to protect the health of our staff and volunteers, and to model the need for everyone to stay at home as much as possible, that each of us involved in this service would record our components of it from our homes and then stitch them together into one video of the entire service. If you're new to First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin, I send you the warmest of greetings. If you're in the Austin area, we will hope to have the opportunity to meet you in person in the future. If you're viewing from other areas, feel free to say hello in the Facebook comments and let us know from where you're viewing the service. Unitarian Universalists come from a long tradition of seeing a spark of the divine in every person. Let us connect those divine sparks now, either by posting a greeting to one another on the Facebook comments or simply by feeling the heartstring connections that exist between us. It is also our tradition in Unitarian Universalist churches to begin our services with lighting a chalice, which is a symbol of our faith. I invite you to say with me our words for lighting the chalice, which if we have gotten all, all this right, should be appearing on your screen about now. We light this chalice so that its flame may signify the spiritual strands of light that bind our hearts and souls with one another. Even while we must be physically apart, we bask in its warmth together. Today's call to worship comes to us by our own Reverend Chris Jimerson, who writes, It's okay to sit on the front porch and stare into the blankness. It's okay to scream into the void. It's okay to weep into the pillow and pound the mattress. None of us knows how to do this. All of us are here with each other, in our hearts and spirits. Our music director, Brent, assistant music director, Katrina, and section leaders from our adult choir will now lead us in a short hymn. We invite you to sing along as you are moved to do so.
things that helps keep us bound together as a religious community, even when we cannot be together physically, is to have a common purpose. For First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin, that common purpose is our mission. Even more so now, may we try to live that mission together. Let us say our mission together now. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. If you want to know more about what we mean by the beloved community, visit thekingcenter.org, click on About TKC in the menu at the top of the page, and then click on the King Philosophy in the drop-down menu that comes up. As we think about the beloved community, may our hearts go out to the immigrants being held in detention who are terrified because they can't practice the social distancing we are able to practice Perhaps our phone calls objecting to this terrible situation can go out to our governmental officials also. Waking light, it grew from the shadow. Brace yourself to the Good morning. 
I'm Kelly Stokes, the Religious Education Coordinator here at First UU. Wasn't that music beautiful? I'm feeling so grateful for it right now and for all the musicians who make our lives better. It reminds me of a truck that I used to have. It was a big green truck and it had a huge bumper sticker on the back. It was so long, you can't see it on your screen. It was as wide as the truck. And it said, if you enjoyed a good meal today, think a farmer. This week I've been thinking the farmers and the truck drivers and the grocery store workers and all of the doctors and nurses and sanitation workers and everyone who's out there working to help me keep me safe and well and fed and to the musicians and the children's book authors as well. I'm sure you could think of so many people that you're grateful for right now. I'm so glad we all get to work together to help each other and keep uplifting each other. The story I have for you today is about that, about all the things that happen in order to change someone's life. The story is called Because by Mo Willems. The illustrations are by Amber Wren. Because a man named Ludwig wrote beautiful music, a man named Franz was inspired to create his own. Because many years later, people wanted to hear Franz's beautiful music, they formed an orchestra. Because a man had practiced since he was a kid, he was asked to join. Because a woman studied night and day, she too was asked to play. Because many others loved and practiced their instruments, there were enough musicians. Because someone created a poster about Franz's music, tickets were sold. Because the train conductor stopped the train at the grand concert hall, the orchestra conductor arrived. Because the orchestra librarian had copies of the score, the orchestra rehearsed. Because workers checked the lights and the seats and swept the floors, the grand hall was ready. Because the time had come, the ushers opened the doors. Because someone's uncle caught a cold, someone's aunt had an extra ticket for someone special. Because the usher helped the aunt and her special guest, they found their seats. Because everyone was there to hear the beautiful music, it was quiet. In row C, seat 14, sat the girl with the uncle's ticket. She heard the beautiful music written by the man named Franz, and it changed her. The girl was changed. From that moment on, the girl learned everything she could about music because it fed her. Soon, she started to write music too, because like Franz, the young woman had something to share. Over time, the woman became very good because she worked very hard. One night, her music was discovered because she was also very lucky. Then she was invited to perform her music at the Grand Concert Hall because so many people wanted to hear it. Her composition was dedicated to the uncle in row C, seat 14, because it was his ticket that brought her here. And that night, someone else was changed. That is how it happens. And now let's sing our meditation on breathing. 
words of Dr. Amy Acton, head of the Ohio Department of Health. I can tell you that I already envision a future that is full of hope. I've told you my story about how absolutely essential hope is. It's the one thing that made a difference in a really rough childhood that I had. And I feel more hopeful than I've ever felt. I actually believe that life is not shutting down right now. Life is not shutting us down, although we're being quiet now. And we're making that physical distance. Life seems like it's shutting down, but I feel like life is waking us up. I truly see. I see a vision of a future that is brighter than we have known. I say that from all my heart. I just know it in my heart and my soul. So please don't feel like this is pulling us apart. I believe this is drawing us to each other and bonding us to each other. But it will have to be all of us. I invite you now into a time for centering, a time for breathing deeply in and then out, in and out. And as we breathe deeply, let us feel the heartstrings that keep us connected with one another in this, our beloved religious community, even though we must remain physically separated for now. Let us breathe in and breathe out. Let us follow that breath to a deeper place inside, a place of greater calmness, a place where love thrives, that spark of the divine within each of us. We will have a few moments of music during which I invite you to continue meditative breathing or to light a candle representing your joys, sorrows, remembrances, hopes. If you're not where you can light an actual candle, you can search candle lighting on the web and several sites where you can do so virtually will come up. several days, hasn't it? I know it has been for me. I miss being able to be physically with people, including you all. I'm wearing this rainbow kitty stole for this video because somehow it helps me feel at least a little bit better. I want to acknowledge the extra challenges those of you who are parents are facing with children at home all of the time because the schools are closed 
one of our church members, Kay McLaughlin, posted on Facebook something one of her neighbors had sent out over next door. It went, homeschooling is going well. Two students suspended for fighting and one teacher fired for drinking on the job. We're all facing challenges during this time, and we don't know yet how long this time will last. Our minds and our bodies know there is a potential existential threat to ourselves and those we love and care about. And this can lead to several things we may need to know. Even as we go about the daily task of life, our minds are still processing what is happening in the background. Our bodies are producing a flood of chemicals that would normally prepare us for fight or flight in the face of danger. Only this is a danger that we can't see and for which fight or flight don't really help as we all have to shelter in place. Because of all this, we're likely to tire more easily. We are likely to need more rest than usual. And we have to be aware that we may be prone to be a bit more snappish than usual as those fight chemicals try to find a way to express themselves. I'm trying even more than usual to pause before speaking whatever reaction I'm having to try to counter that possibility. My spouse, Wayne, claims I'm only being partially successful at this. Getting outdoors can help. Exercising can help. Connecting with those we love and care about in whatever ways we are able can help. Phone calls, the internet, email, texting, And we're likely to experience both a wider range of emotions and to feel those emotions more deeply than usual in times of stress such as this. Know that is normal. Let's let ourselves feel the emotions. It's part of the way we move through stressful times. And the opposite can be true too, though. We may experience times where we just shut down and stare at the wall for a while. Let's be forgiving of ourselves and of one another during this time. David Kessler, who along with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross wrote about the stages of grief, says that grief is one of the emotions we must acknowledge that we're feeling during this challenging time. He says we're feeling grief both over the loss of normalcy and the lack of physical connection that we're currently experiencing and what he calls anticipatory grief. That's when we face an uncertain future where we know we may experience even more loss. He says that our minds can begin racing, imagining the worst possible scenario, but that if we try to fight that and shut it down, our minds won't let us. In fact, trying to do so can cause us even more pain. Instead, he recommends also trying to imagine the best case scenario to gain some balance. Kessler says that one of the ways we can best manage our grief is to recognize the different stages of it, though he warns that we don't move through them in any certain order and that we can move back and forth between them more than once also. See if you have experienced any of these examples he gives. He says, there's denial, which we say a lot early on, this virus won't affect us. There's anger, You're making me stay home and taking away my activities. 
there's bargaining. Okay, if I social distance for two weeks, everything will be better, right? There's sadness. I don't know when this will end. And finally, there's acceptance. This is happening. I have to figure out how to proceed. Acceptance, as you might imagine, is where the agency lies. We find agency in acceptance. I can wash my hands. I can keep a safe distance. I can learn how to work virtually. Kessler says that naming these stages helps us to move through them. He adds one more stage of grief that he calls finding meaning. I'd like to close by talking about that for just a bit. Now, I know we have witnessed the hoarding of ammunition and toilet paper. I know we have politicians calling on grandma to sacrifice herself for the good of the capitalistic economy. I want to tell you a few stories of some things my spouse Wayne and I have witnessed lately also, though. I had to go to Randall's a couple of days ago because we had run out of groceries at the house. And even though there were these bright red lines we had to stand behind at the checkout counter and signs everywhere telling us we had to stay at least six feet apart, people were greeting complete strangers as they passed one another, asking how each other was doing and really wanting to hear the answer. People were checking with the store employees to ask how they were faring and thanking them for being there. A man who had a lot more items than I did offered to let me go before him at the checkout. Wayne was at our neighborhood convenience store and saw a woman give the store clerk her cell phone number and invite him to call her if needed. We live on a cul-de-sac and the other night someone down the street went into their yard and started playing their clarinet. Pretty soon, a woman at one of the other houses came out into her yard with her two young daughters and joined in by playing a saxophone. Then, a young man and his family came out into their yard, and he joined in with his guitar. And so, our neighbors provided us all with a free, impromptu jazz concert. That's the meaning we may be able to find despite these difficult, difficult times. The ideology of dog eat dog, everyone for themselves will not get us through this and is being shown to be a failed ideology. Instead, instead, we are finding our interconnectedness in ways that we never have before. We're discovering that we'll need each other to get through this. We're finding ways to make music together, even from a distance, both literally and metaphorically. Let's keep doing that in this congregation. Stay connected. Reach out to one another. Go to austinuu.org and click on the calendar where you'll see several opportunities we're providing to connect online through Zoom. Reach out to Meg Barnhouse, our senior minister, and to me. The best way to do that is through email, M-E-G-B-A-R-N-H-O-U-S-E at austinuu.org and chris.jimmerson at 
austinuu.org. We both have our church email on our cell phones and we both check it frequently. Meg and I both love this congregation with all of our heart and to the depth of our soul. We will get through this together. Amen. And now please join in with Marit and Contrita and our section leaders in singing our simple hymn again, if you are so moved. challenging times. If you scroll upward on Facebook, you will see an online giving link, which will take you to our secure online contributions page. Under the select a fund drop-down box, please select plate contributions. You can also go to austinuu.org and find a link to contribute.
Thank you so much for your gifts. We are so grateful for them and for you. Now, please join me in saying our words for extinguishing the chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. You are welcome to sing with me for our benediction if you are so moved. I know this rose will open. I know my fear will burn away. I know my soul will unfurl its wings. I know this rose will open. I wish you peace. I'm sending more love than I can adequately express. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.